Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information about Home Church, visit us at myhomechurch.org. Praise God. Wow. This uh, shouldn't be a, a long word today. <laughs> I just feel like I have some uh, prophetic things to declare over us um, of where we've come from, where we are, and where we're going. <laughs> And uh, I think it just give us some some language as we move forward. And um, before I do that, uh, the Lord gave me a word for for Willie, and I feel like I'm supposed to honor you from here. And uh, the Lord wants to honor you, Willie, for the years in intercession that you've sat and labored faithfully. I hear the Lord say that you've done more in your lifetime than many people have in many lifetimes through your prayers. And we reap the fruit of your prayers. So right now, Lord, I I ask that you would bless Willie. I pray that you'd give him greater revelation in the ministry of intercession, God, that he would continue to break strongholds off of this city, that he would continue to break strongholds off of these people. God, I pray that you'd bless him. I feel like the Lord's given me insight into a measure of your reward, and it's glorious. Yeah, I just keep hearing the Lord say, you've done more in your lifetime than many men have done in their lifetimes. And the Lord just wants to honor you, bro. Continue to lean in to the spirit of intercession. Lord, I pray that the spirit of intercession would come in a greater measure and rest upon him, this mantle that you've placed upon him, God, that he would even lead us um, in, in, in the ways that we should intercede. Father, I thank you right now for coming on him in power in a special way, in a new way, God. For all the laboring he's done, Lord, I ask for a special touch on on Willie's life in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. If you want to open up the word, we're going to take a look at Isaiah 62. I just wanted to read. I have a a few just prophetic words that the Lord has uh, given me, and I just want to share them with you, and I pray the Lord would uh, confirm them, and uh, so the first one, the the other day I was sitting with the Lord, and um, he had said this, steward the flame on the altar of your heart, stoke the flame, it's time to abide in the fire, pray in the spirit often. Wake up on fire, walk in the fire of God, then go to sleep on fire. A company of burning hearts, a company of burning ones is what I've created my church to be. 
Throw off complacency, for it is time. I'm awakening the winds, and the fire will spread. Steward the flame on the altar of your heart. You are standing in the doorway of the days that you prayed for. Don't let the fire go out. I feel that the Lord has anointed us as a house with the forerunner anointing. And I want to talk to you about that today, what that looks like. I, I think uh, as a leadership team, um, we carry that individually, but I really think it's the mandate of the house as forerunners for his inbreaking, for his coming in our midst and ultimately to the return of the Lord. But there's an immediacy of his presence. There's a imminence, like he's about to break in and forerunners, God always partners with people. He always partners with people to, to bring forth the kingdom, to have that inbreaking. And I believe that he's anointed us as a house of prayer, specifically as forerunners for the move of God that we've already experienced, that we're experiencing now, and that we will experience. And uh, I'm excited about that. <laughs> um, in, the, in the scriptures, we see one of the main forerunners in the, in the Bible is John the Baptist. He prepared the way for the Lord. And there's some things about John's life that really um, are being exemplified in our body and what we're called to. And actually, one of the things that goes unnoticed about John's life is he was actually filled with joy because he said, the joy that is mine is to stand and to hear the bridegroom's voice. I think that besides Jesus, John the Baptist was the most joyful man. And I know that we see some intense language coming from him, but, uh, <laughs> but I think he was filled with joy because he, he knew his God. He knew his assignment. He knew his identity. And he had no problem stepping out of the way when it was time. He was filled with joy. And that's our call, is to be filled with joy with the assignment that God has placed on us as forerunners of his coming. And, um, yeah, I mean, I could even just see him. He, he, he just, even when he was calling the Pharisees, they're coming out to the wilderness, right? He's coming out to, to get baptized. And he's like, who told you to flee from the wrath to come? <laughs> I could just see him laughing while he's saying that. Because <laughs> he knew they were there for the wrong reason. The spirit rested upon him. He had that discernment to know that they were there to stir trouble or maybe just go through formalities. I think there's going to be great um, contending in the days ahead and even standoffs with uh, the powers of darkness. <laughs> and um, I think it's going to throw everyone for a loop when we're all standing there with smiles on our face as God brings fire down from heaven. I believe, I, I think I shared this last time, that there's Mount Carmel moments coming for us. He's drawn a line in the sand and all the prophets of Baal will come out to meet us. <laughs> and it only takes one, but we've got a body of people that are hungry to see the move of the Spirit. And He will meet us in those places. 
when we stand off on those mountains, he will continue to show himself strong through his people. And everyone will know the Lord, he is God. <laughs> if Baal be God, then serve him. But when God demonstrates in the days ahead what he desires to demonstrate, masses, the masses will turn and serve the Lord. And I believe we're a part of that forerunning. So I believe that the Lord is highlighting the forerunner anointing upon us. And I, I want to also say it's not that we haven't already been experiencing the move of the Spirit. We actually probably experience more of the move of the Spirit in our midst on a regular basis than many other <laughs> places. I'm not saying that arrogantly, but a lot of what we experience in here, people will cry out for <laughs> for years that that would happen in their church. That people would be so hungry for the Lord, that healings would break out, that deliverance would break out, that addiction would fall off of people. And this is something that we regularly see. That's not to boast in us. That's to say, thank you, Jesus. That's to say, thank you, Jesus, that you've met us here. We're just, we're just broken, hearted, longing lovers of Jesus. And that's, he just falls on that. That's the, that's the altar. That's the altar that he falls with fire on. The humble, longing heart. The humble, hungry heart. And he will continue to pour out his spirit upon us as we re remain in that place of humility, knowing that none of, none of anything that we're experiencing is because we've, we're good enough or that we've made it happen. But it's because he's good. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so Isaiah 62 is a very interesting chapter. And in I believe the Lord has shown me that this is really like a beautiful outline of, of uh, home church's story and we'll read through it and then I'll jump on where we're, we're kind of seeing some highlights here but we're starting in verse 1 for Zion's sake I will not keep silent for Jerusalem's sake I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a burning torch the nations shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. And you shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. So this is, this is God speaking to his people, saying that these are the special ones. These, these are the special ones that I've called my people that continue to cry out that his righteousness would rule in the land. And I believe that this is who we are, that we're a precious crown of beauty in the hand of God. Verse 4 says, You shall no longer be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate. Many have proclaimed over this land that it is a forsaken land, that it's a desolate land. But God says no more. Rather, you shall be called, my delight is in her, and your land married. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. So you see this coupling of both the people and the land. That there's something that the Lord is doing as he sweeps through in the move of the Spirit. He's not just transforming hearts, he's transforming territories. Because this whole thing isn't just ethereal 
spiritual um, concepts. <laughs> this has a real world implication. <laughs> We're at, he gave us flesh because he wants to fall on flesh. <laughs> he gave us this world because he wants to walk with us in this land, on this real dirt. <laughs> We're not Gnostics. <laughs> we don't hate the material world. The material world is meant to glorify God. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons be married, or so shall your sons marry you. So this is a turning, part of the forerunner anointing that was on John's life was to turn the sons back to the, the fathers. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. And then these verses 6 and 7, very interestingly, the Lord gave me uh, an encounter in May of uh, 2020 uh, about the house of prayer. And uh, this was, I was still in California. I didn't know that I'd be coming back here at this point. And the Lord began to mark my heart around the house of prayer. And um, it's very interesting that about almost the exact same time, the Lord was beginning to deposit the house of prayer in Andrew's heart. At the same time, the Lord was speaking to us uh, coast to coast about where we were going and preparing our hearts. And uh, it's very interesting uh, that, he would, that he would do that. But at the same time, it's just like God to do something like that. Um, the house of prayer is um, God's description of his own church. It's a place of communion. It's a place of celebration. Um, the house of prayer is not a place where we go through the motions of religious ritual, but it's rather a place of uh, being sensitive to what the Lord's saying, what the Lord's doing. And um, in a moment, even last week, I, I reached out to Andrew. I said, the Lord's putting something on my heart. Uh, I'd love to share it at some point. Andrew's like, take next week. He's already ready to preach this week. He's like, you take it. We want to be sensitive with what the Lord's saying. That's just uh, oh, how glorious of a leader we have. We want what the Lord's saying. We don't want to just go through motions. Nobody gets delivered by doing religious rituals. And this world is too broken to have just more religion. We need a real word from the Lord. If you're just going to go through the motions, it's actually not even worth doing. And many Sunday after Sunday, 10 a.m., many people are going through motions. We are not going to be those people. We are going to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. We're going to keep looking at each other in worship. It's like, is it time? Should we go? No, we don't have that kind of flow chart, that rigid movement. It's not to say that that's, that's explicitly wrong, but at the same time, we don't want to miss what the Lord is doing in a moment because we've got an agenda in our heart, what we think is good. So let us be forerunners that stand and our joy is to hear the bridegroom's voice. The verse six, it says, on your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all the day and all the night. They shall never be silent. 
You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. So these are those verses of the house of prayer, putting watchmen on the wall. And this isn't just for a select few. As a body, we're, we're called to stand on the wall and watch and pray and, and, and seek his face and hear from the Lord. And we need to, we need to be sensitive uh, to what the Lord's saying because he wants to speak to you. He wants to share his heart with you. This isn't just for uh, Moses going up the mountain. God's heart was that the people of Israel would, would all join him on the mountain. The old way is no more. Let us all go and seek the face of the Lord. That in the latter day, the mountain of the house of the Lord, all the nations would stream there. Not just the, the power uh, man for the hour. <laughs> God's man for the, the hour. God's, what is it? The, God's man of power for the hour. <laughs> they used to say that about certain evangelists when they come out to speak. <laughs> it's not about that. God anoints people in a special way, and we honor that. We do. But it's not to leave anyone out. It's to bring us all by the hand up the mountain. In verse 8, the Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm, I will not again give your grain to be food for your enemies. And foreigners shall not drink your wine for which you have labored. But those who garner it shall eat it and praise the Lord. And those who gather it shall drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. So maybe in a, in a former day, men used to sow seed in lands and many places where God has moved powerfully. If you go to those cities today, you would not want to live there because the enemy overtook that place again. But it's not going to be said of us. This land is his. And because we are thinking in terms of generations, when we're gone, our children will inhabit the land. And the people that we've sown into, they'll inhabit the land. And we will have a, a, a remnant of people serving God, incense arising as we establish the house of prayer. That will be a place where night and day, day and night, incense will arise to the Lord until he comes. No longer will we labor in vain because the Lord will build the house. This is, the, this is the verse that I want to really lock in on is verse 10. Go through. Go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up. Build up the highway. Clear it of stones. Lift up a signal over the peoples. Now the Lord spoke this to me actually first in September when um, the the tent was still facing this way, and we got the revelation of the, the welcome to Zion time, September 1st. This is the first time that, I, that the Lord really highlighted this, this verse to me. And, and I believe that these revelations aren't um, always, um, what's the word, chronological. It's not that we go from one and leave the other behind. It's that these things are building and compounding and moving forward, but the last thing we experience isn't leaving. It's just piling on and, and going with us, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? 
So, so yes, we've, we've gotten the revelation that we are the delight of God, that we're, his delight is in us, that our land is not forsaken, but that he, will call, he calls our land married. And that as the, the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so our God rejoices over us, that we never stop that. That's never a stopping revelation for us. And then we move forward and we establish the house of prayer. That will never go away. We will always be a house of prayer. We will always be watchmen on the wall, right? So that will never stop. And then we continue on, we move forward, and then we get a greater revelation of what it means to be forerunners. And I believe that's what the Lord's speaking to us now. It was always who we were, but he's highlighting it now. And so we could greater really soak it in and take it up as our true identity, that we are forerunners for the presence of God. And I, I say it as a corporate, in a corporate way because we are not, um, th- what we're doing here is not just for us. <laughs> that what we're doing is much bigger than us. And it might not seem that we, ha- we have all the resources, we're not in a, in a building yet, but we're changing the atmosphere. <laughs> we're, we're, we're pulling down strongholds. We're breaking through the gates. We're, we're, we're stepping through the door, and we have been. And we will continue to forerun the move of God. He always goes from glory to glory. The way I experienced him this past Wednesday was not the way I experienced him on Friday in the prayer room. I'm just as hungry, uh, even more hungry, for another touch from him. I think in the days ahead, we won't, we won't be speaking about 10 years ago. We'll be speaking about 10 minutes ago. One of the most dangerous things for the move of the Spirit is men that tell only old stories because they have no new story. I praise God for all that's happened. I, get, I, I love church history. I love revival history. It fuels my soul. But I can't live off 10 years ago. I need, I need a touch now. And then 10 minutes from now, I'll look back and say, God, I need another one. <laughs> there's only one thing, or maybe not the only thing, but I know that there's of one thing that God doesn't ever tell us that we shouldn't have excess of, and that's oil. It actually, we're actually admonished to have excess. We can't give it to anyone. <laughs> but but it's excess. <laughs> we could have excess of it. Not just oil in our pocket, but drenched in oil and barrels of oil all around us. <laughs> Praise you, God. And then we, we see continuing, and I think, I think we've already seen this to a measure, verses 11 and 12 here, but I think it's going to explode. And I think the Lord's given me uh, a little bit of a time frame on it, and I, as I read these verses, I'll see if the Lord releases me to say it, but um, behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, to say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him. So salvation there, 
You could capitalize it in your Bible. If it's not, it's the Lord. <laughs> your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Verse 12, and they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. In the days ahead, people will begin to stream here. This has already happened. People will come in, the, in, these, in this door and say, God told me to come here. Because his people will be sought out. There will be a day when the lost come looking for the Christians instead of the Christians going looking for the lost. When we stand in the place of prayer, when we stand in the house of prayer, that oil that we have purchased in private becomes flammable on the altar of God. And we become burning ones. We began to prophesy it in, in uh, the prayer room on Friday night. We're going to begin to walk through the grocery store and people are going to see a physical flame. They're going to see a physical flame on us and they're going to have to come and ask what's going on. <laughs> this has happened before in revival moments and crusades around the world. People have passed by and they started calling the fire department because it looked like the building was on fire. And the fire department came and there was no physical fire. But many people saw it and called it in. Signs in the heavens <laughs> and wonders on the earth. This is, this, is our, this is our portion. These are the days ahead for us. Do you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> Father, I ask that you would just release faith to believe your word. Praise you, God. We will become burning ones, and the lost will come looking for us. When, when I began to talk about this in the prayer room on Friday, I, I felt the Lord highlight the verse that says, four more months into the harvest. You say that there's four more months into the harvest, but I tell you, the fields are wide unto harvest. But I felt like the Lord was highlighting the four more months. <laughs> four more months into the harvest. And we're about to do a huge evangelism push in the, in the summer, and that'll land us right in, in the summer. <laughs> wow. Four more months into the harvest. It's not to say that the harvest isn't ripe now, right? Both end. Both end. Don't stop sharing the gospel because four more months, right? We're going to keep sharing the gospel, but there's something. On, on, this is what I feel. Lord, test it. We'll see. I feel like the Lord's saying that. Forerunners are chosen by God. They are consecrated for God. And this is a, uh, a corporate consecration. This is a setting apart. Holiness and consecration has become a dirty word in the body of Christ. It's not a dirty word. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. Consecrated ones, ones that would set their heart apart, would not partake even in the good pleasures of, of life because they have a greater pleasure. Brother John Piper says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. And I think, I think in the days ahead, we will continue to see a stripping away 
of seemingly good things. These aren't bad things. Naturally, we know the evil things, the bad things that are listed in the word that need to fall to the wayside. But in the days ahead, we're going to hunger for the Lord in such a way that we might not turn on our TV for months because we're hungry. I've never felt the hunger that I feel right now for God. I've walked with him for a while. This is different. Me and Caesar were talking about this. Something's happening. Don't miss it. Something's happening. There's a special grace. We played the song before, Revival's in the Air. consecrated ones. John the Baptist was clothed in obscurity. He walked around with camel's hair on him. He ate a different diet. Locust and wild honey. He was a man of the wilderness because that's where God had called him to be. I believe God is clothing us with a mantle of obscurity that from the outside looking in might be weird but it's the mantle of God it's the forerunner's mantle for obscurity and a different diet different appetites we're going to have different appetites even from other people that are belong to the body of Christ God is drawing a line in the sand the winnowing fork is in his hand. We're going to see a greater distinction in the days ahead of those that are really running after the Lord and those that are not. And it's not because we're going to do an interview. <laughs> because the pressures of life are going to bring distinction. Those that have been walking with the Lord will continue to run with him. And those that were just playing around, the pressures of life will become too much. And those that have been baptized in obscurity, have changed their diet, that are anointed with the forerunner anointing, will have a smile on their face as they walk through the sufferings. Count it not strange when the fiery trial comes upon you. For the testing of the genuineness of your faith produces endurance. For what good is it? How do we even know that our faith is real unless it is tested? So count it not strange. <clears throat> Consecrated for God. Clothed with God. Commissioned by God. The forerunners don't send themselves. They're commissioned. They're first clothed with God, clothed with power from on high, and then they're sent out by God. The forerunner goes before. They clear the way. They call for devotion and repentance to the Lord. 
They carry the fire of God. They carry the word of the Lord. They're not, as I've heard uh, Brother Corey Russell say many times, they're not echoes. They're voices. They're not just saying what everyone's saying. They hear the word of the Lord in season, and they bring it forth, and it produces fruit. There's t- I mean, you could, you could go online, and you could listen to what other people are saying, and prophets, and those kind of things, and you could echo that. But it'll never have the amount of power it was designed to when you heard it from the mouth of the Lord. The day is too dark to lean on someone else's anointing. We need each one of us carrying the flame of intimacy, the oil of intimacy, hearing the word of the Lord in private and proclaiming it in the public place. There's people at your work that I will never meet, but you will. You talk to them. They know you. And if you hear the word of the Lord for their life, it could change everything for them. I don't know about you guys, but I just feel the Lord. (laughs) Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. The uh, the encounters that I've just been having these this past week, I feel that it's been just a a death blow to any remnants of the fear of man in my heart. Forerunners can't be scared of men. <laughs> Jesus said, "Do not fear man, who can kill the body, but fear the Lord, who can kill both body and soul in hell." We have nothing to fear, guys. Even if they kill us, they just promote us to glory. What are they just, they have a mean thing to say? Jesus was crucified naked in the public square. He did that for you. No more shame. No more being ashamed. No, no more being ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. the Reformation word that was over me at my um, ordination, I believe that that's just a corporate word. Forerunners are reformers. Forerunners build, right? They build up a highway. They clear it of stones. They reform the way. They prepare the way for the Lord to come in unhindered and they lift up a signal before the people. Forerunners are friends of the bridegroom. They are filled with the fire of God. They are men and women that have not bowed their knee to the spirit of the age nor the spirit of religion. You see, in the life of John, John was continually contested by the religious spirit. Like, what are you doing out here? <laughs> what are you doing out here in the wilderness? You're, you're kind of weirding us out. All of Jerusalem, all of Judea <laughs> is coming out to see you. 
and they had to see what was going on because they're not attracting. Religion loves numbers. <laughs> God only needs a handful. He'll have numbers. He'll have the numbers. But it's not his first priority. He, God's first priority is fully overtaking a man, leaving no place untouched. We want to grow big people here, not just a big amount of people. You could gather a lot of people doing a lot of different things, just give away some free stuff. There's people that speak English and sing in English, and they go into a concert in China in English, and there's millions of people that go to see them. They don't even know what they're saying. Just because there's numbers there, it doesn't mean that it's anything. <laughs> Just because you've got a thousand people in your church doesn't mean that the God's anointed your church. And just because there's 50 people in your church doesn't mean that there's an anointing on your church either. Numbers will come. The, the harvest will come in. I don't think that there's actually enough uh, seats around the country for the amount of people in churches for the harvest yet. But it's coming. But the Lord wants to prepare your heart so that when that happens, your heart doesn't go to other things. Your heart doesn't start thinking about, this is about the numbers. This is about the people coming in. It's always been about the Lord. I'm sorry, but we don't do church for you. <laughs> we do church for him. <laughs> Praise God. We're blessed. We're blessed by him coming. But if we do not set him in the preeminent place, as we sang this morning, we do not get a touch from him. So I could do all, my, all that I want to pander to your desires, to pander to the flesh, speak a, an easier word, but it doesn't produce fruit, and ultimately you will not be blessed by it. But if we all decide today that we're going to live for an audience of one, that we're going to do everything in our life because we've got the, the audience of the king, and every step that we take, every move that we make, we're going to have him in mind. That we want him to be pleased by every word that proceeds from our mouth. That every attitude that arises in our heart. That every step that we take, every action we take. And I'm not just talking about the distinction between good and bad. I'm talking about the distinction between good and God. That's a harder thing to distinguish between. This is where we're going, guys. I feel the Lord just saying, prepare your heart. I've, I've, I've anointed you to be forerunners for my glory. Forerunners. Get in the place of prayer. Get in the place of prayer. Go into your room and shut the door. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You know what his reward in open is most of the time? His presence. It's the most glorious reward. There's nothing better than to walk through the trials of life, knowing that I've got my father's pleasure. Knowing that I've got his spirit resting upon me and that I have not grieved him. A clear conscience is an open reward.
with you, God. Forerunners are alarm clocks in a sleeping generation, but nobody likes alarm clocks. I don't know about you, but I want to throw my phone every time that uh, the alarm goes off in the morning. That's what forerunners are. Wake up. Wake up. Oh, I like my sleep. I like my slumber. Wake up. The Lord says, wake up. <laughs> wake up. In Jesus' name. Spirit of awakening, come upon your people. Come upon this city. Just, just lean in. Lean into the Lord right now. It's a corporate anointing. It's a call to radical. It's a call to extravagant. It's a call to being set apart. It's a call to being bold, intentional, passionate, loyal to Jesus, and burning both in the private place and in the public place. The forerunner's message is, there is one coming. There is one coming of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. The forerunner's ma message is, we baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The forerunner's message is, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The forerunner's message is, there is one who holds the winnowing fork in his hand and he stands on the great threshing floor and is separating the wheat from the chaff. I believe what broke out at Asbury is just the first trickles through a crack in the dam that's about to explode with a move of God. Business as usual is not going to work anymore, guys. I've been in rooms where me and my wife were, were leading worship. And angelic armies, <laughs> choirs came in, and we heard the sounds of their instruments. And I mean, we were wrecked. We stumbled back to our seats. But business went on as usual, and it never happened again. Lord, we honor all that you've done. We honor everything that you've done in this place today, God. Everything that you continue to do, everything that you continue to pour out upon us, God, we're so thankful. We're so thankful, Lord. I didn't even know that I could be touched in the way that I have been touched this week by you, God. And we honor it we say thank you, and we say, Lord, please give us more. 
Give us more, God. More of you, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. Just to, just to have one more touch from you. Just to have one more touch from you, God. The forerunner anointing is coming on a remnant of voices. On this church of those that will say yes to the consecration, to those that will say yes to the power of God coming upon them, those that will say yes to whatever the commissioning is. John the Baptist came as a preparer of the way of the Lord. So shall it be that the church will be anointed with the same task. Ultimately for his second coming, but in the meantime, his comings within his coming. They are friends of the bridegroom. Forerunners say he's coming, get ready. He's coming, get ready. John the Baptist, anointed with the spirit and power of Elijah, is a type and shadow of the trailblazing prophetic remnant that will prepare the earth for the return of the Lord and for the inbreaking of the glory to come. They will be seen as wild compared to the current church climate. They will eat of a different diet. They will be clothed with the mantle of obscurity. Their words will pierce the heavens, for they are known there. And the presence on them will shift the hearts of men. When they speak, angels will move and demons will move. They will make high places low and crooked paths straight. Voices crying out in the wilderness and the wilderness will respond to their voice. The desert will bloom and the desolate cities will be restored. The ruins of former generations will be redeemed for the Lord will have his bride. I'm a, I'm a nerd for some history stuff and just some prophetic stuff, stuff aligning. I looked up some history in Mastic Beach. In 1922, so just over 100 years, just over 100 years ago, an article went out to people in the city, and they said, come out to Mastic Beach and have your own plot of paradise. They said, what better of a place? That is the prophetic declaration over this house, over this land. The Lord says, oh, if I told you the glory that will be seen on the church in the days ahead, you would not believe it. You have seen nothing yet. 
The forerunner anointing breaks the Laodicean spirit of lukewarmness off the church. And the forerunner's motivation is their love for the bridegroom. So right now, whatever you, however you feel to respond, whether you come forward, stand, kneel, however, lay down, I believe we're supposed to begin to lift up our voices as forerunners saying, yes, Lord, I will take up the mantle. I will carry the torch as a forerunner. I will begin to intercede to see the kingdom of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. That all that the enemy meant for evil, he's going to turn it around for good. Come on, just begin to lift up your voice. Father, I pray that you would just clothe your people in power now. For when we don't know how to pray, your spirit groans within us. Lord, let, it, let the groans come out. Let the groans of the spirit come out. Our prayer language. Lord, those that have not been baptized in the spirit, God, would you baptize them now? Let them, let them overflow with their prayer language, God, that they would be able to pray and intercede in the days ahead to see all that you have for us, God. Awake, 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 O sleeper. Awake, 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 O sleeper. Mastic Beach, awake, awake. Awake to your prophetic destiny. Awake to your prophetic destiny. Your destiny to be heaven on earth. To have our own little paradise. This side of heaven, God. Come, Lord Jesus. We're so happy you could join us on the Home Church Podcast. We pray this week's message encourages you to behold the Lord Jesus and bring his kingdom wherever you go. You can visit us online at myhomechurch.org, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or follow us on social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, text the amount to 84321. Bless you.